Tonight, join me on a wild ride into the mind of a liberal. Trust me, you don't want to miss this. The show starts now. In this very special episode of Tommy Lahren is Fearless, I'm taking a deep dive into the heart and the mind of a true, full-blown, unabashed liberal, a California liberal attorney, no less. And I know what you're thinking, why? Why do such a crazy and possibly traumatic thing? Well, folks, here's why. We're all Americans at the end of the day, and I truly believe that most of us, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, we want what's best for this country. We just have different ways and ideas of how to go about it. And while I believe that freedom, capitalism, patriotism, and some traditional American values are the crux, the truth, the light, and the way to keep this country great, I also acknowledge that the best way to understand the other side is to address it openly, honestly, transparently, and respectfully. So tonight, that's exactly what we're going to do. Let me introduce you to the brave liberal who has agreed to have this dialogue with me. Ethan Behrman is a progressive attorney, and yes, he's a proud and steadfast liberal, a Democrat, and the opposite of me in almost every single way. Ethan, it's great to see you. Tommy, thank you so much for having me on. First off, it's really important to note what you just said, though, which is we do both want what is best for this country. We love our country. We love the United States. We just sometimes have different ideas on how to get there. And you and I have actually known each other for a long time. And guess what? We have good conversations. We just we do. don't always agree on the path on how to get there. I think we've agreed on things maybe twice. Let's see if we can find some areas of agreement tonight. So, you know, Ethan, we could likely debate a wide range of topics endlessly and still not cover everything. But in the interest of keeping this on point and on time, I want to divide our discussion into three parts. So we're going to do it that way so that we can keep it a little bit tight because, you know, you and I could talk on this forever. We're going to start. Uh, we're going to talk about Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and last but not least, the culture war. So let's start with Donald Trump. Roll it. When I'm reelected and we will get reelected, we have no choice. We're not going to have a country anymore. I will totally obliterate the deep state. We will obliterate the deep state. And we know who they are. I know exactly who they are. They want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. It's very simple. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. They want you silent. And I am the only one that can save this nation because you know they're not coming after me, they're coming after you, and I just happen to be standing in their way and I will never be moving. On November 5th, 2024, justice will be done. We will take back our country and we will make America great again. All right, Ethan, I want to get right into Donald Trump and, of course, the bombshell that's been happening over the last couple of weeks, honestly, the last seven years. But the latest is Trump indictment number two. So I think I already know the answer to this question, but I want to ask you, do you think this second indictment of Donald Trump, this federal indictment, is just and do you agree with it? Well, as alleged in the indictment, it, it is just. It was a grand jury that heard the evidence. Uh, it's a grand jury of people. It's not a grand jury of Democrats. It's not a grand jury of the Biden family. Um, it was a grand jury of people. That's how our system works. And they saw the evidence and they thought that there was sufficient evidence 
to set forth these charges. And I encourage everybody to take the time to actually look at the actual indictment uh, from the Southern District of Florida and U.S. v. Trump and, and NAUTA. Um, it's egregious. Look, uh, President Trump, when he left office at noon on January 20th of 2021, no longer has the protection of the Presidential Records Act. That's when, if, according to his uh, statements, he wanted to declassify something, he had to have done it prior to that date and time. It's very clearly laid forth in the statutes. He didn't. And then he brought them to Florida. Very, very secret, top secret documents, nuclear capabilities of the United States, military and nuclear capabilities of our allies, war plans for our potential enemies, um, and then showed them to people who had no clearance to do so, and then lied about having the documents, and according to the allegations in the indictment, conspired to conceal them. Look, Tommy, there was a U.S. Air Force lieutenant colonel that was just sentenced on June 2nd, I believe it was, in Tampa, Florida, for the exact same set of circumstances. He got three years in federal prison and $25,000 fine. The law is the same for everybody when it comes to classified and especially top secret documents when you no longer have the right to have them. All right, so I don't want to get into the whataboutisms. We're going to get there, I promise you, we will. But I also want to say that I will acknowledge that Trump in some circumstances, primarily this one, is kind of his own worst enemy. There's a lot of things that he could have done differently to uh, to avoid this mess. But looking back on this and looking at everything that they've done to Donald Trump, impeachment one, impeachment two, Russia, Russia, Russia. Then you've got the indictment in New York over the payments to the porn star. And you've got the FBI raid. When you look at all of this in the totality and you look at the weaponization of the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, the insurance policy before Trump was even elected, the Steele dossier that was BS that Hillary's campaign paid for. When you look at all of that in the totality, do you see how conservatives, Trump supporters can look at all this and say, boy, it really seems like there is a two-tiered system of justice here? It would be a two-tiered system of justice if we didn't hold uh, Donald Trump accountable for what he's alleged to have committed crimes regarding, such as keeping two separate uh, accounting books is illegal. If you did that, Tommy, uh, you would be prosecuted. If you reported one thing to the IRS, a totally different set of books that were kept separately that you reported uh, uh, to the banks when you took out loans, that's illegal. Uh, it would be a two-tiered two system of justice if he got away with, with housing top-secret documents, showing them to people, knowing that he wasn't supposed to do so, in his own words, at least in the indictment. Um, that would be a two-tier system of justice, uh, attempting to blackmail a, a an ally in Ukraine to open a fake investigation, that's what leads to an impeachment hearing. Uh, that would be a two-tier system of justice if we were held to a different standard than the wealthy elite in our country, of which Donald Trump is one of. Yeah, there's a couple other people, Ethan, that come to mind when you're saying all the things that you just said. And one of them is a Hillary Rodham Clinton, a never president. And then our current president, Joe Biden. And then also Mike Pence, by the way, also in possession of classified documents that they had no right to have. So we're talking about keeping them at Mar-a-Lago. Whatever you want to say about the Trump situation, we'll put that aside. But when you look at Joe Biden, you look at the number of places that he had classified documents 
for years and years, no power to declassify them, by the way, as vice president. And you see that they're in a garage behind his Corvette with full access with his crackhead foreign business dealing son. You don't look at that and say, boy, it sure looks like they're going after Donald Trump and then Joe Biden and Hillary Bleachbit Clinton sure got away with a whole hell of a lot, including deleting 37,000 emails. Yeah, I could see that you would think that way if you ignored the critical core fact here which was Donald Trump had a formal request from the National Archives saying, please return the documents. He lied about it. He hid them according to the indictment. He had people move them. According to the indictment, his own attorney taking notes said that Donald Trump asked uh, in, in his own way for them to remove the documents so they don't get found by the feds. Totally different than Mike Pence and Joe Biden, uh, who once they found out that they had classified documents, immediately turned them over to the National Archives. That's the difference is the intent, the actions around it, and what appears to be a conspiracy to lie and, and hide documents from the federal government. All right. Well, let's talk about Hillary Clinton there, because I noticed that you conveniently left her out. Yeah, I, I mean, talk about Hillary, Tommy. Yes, you know that. Yes, <laughs> uh, I know. I, I can't believe that there's still a Hillary supporter left out there. You are one of one, Ethan. But um, what? Yeah, you are. You're one of one. Uh, but okay. de deleting emails, right? Having a private server housed in a bathroom. Let's start there. Okay, yep. that's illegal. Then uh, deleting the emails, right? She said that they were all personal emails. Yeah. Uh, number two, she's bleach bidding and she's smashing devices with hammers. So you can't look at that and tell me that that's not in any way trying to destroy evidence or obstruct justice. I mean, why bleach bit things? Why delete things? Why smash things with hammers, Hillary? So, it, uh, okay, two different parts there, Tommy. And first, I, I want to be very clear. I was absolutely critical of uh, Hillary Clinton's actions by keeping an email server in her home. Uh, as a former uh, technology and security expert myself, prior to the law, what she did was wrong. It was an absolutely poor decision, should never have been done, but it has to do with the intent again. And she was investigated repeatedly on this. There were hearings on it. She voluntarily uh, submitted to eight hours of questioning by the feds. Uh, this was all research. It was wrong, it was dangerous, but if the intent wasn't to lie to the feds, if the intent wasn't to hide something, the, the bleach bit really, Quick, because I don't know why everybody's focused on this. Any IT professional, when I shut down any server at the end of its life, uh, I do something to clean the hard drives using technology. In this case, it was a bit of software called BleachBit, which is a fun name to say in the media because it sounds like she's bleaching something. It's software that writes a series of zeros over the hard drive so a nefarious person can't review what was on the hard drive, such as a foreign enemy. Uh -huh. um, so, so that one's actually normal kind of process. Yeah, but she of didn't bleach bit it to keep a foreign enemy from looking at it. She bleach bit it so that she could keep herself in the clear. We could talk about Hillary all day. And she also said, what do you mean? Like wipe it with a cloth? So uh, trust me, there's not a Hillary Clinton quote that I don't know. All right. She is Lucifer incarnate, second only to Gavin Newsom. And we can talk about that all day. Ooh. I want to I want to move on, yeah, though. But... <laughs> yeah, I wish we had time to get into that. I'll have to bring you back for that round. But I want to move on to Joe Biden. And before we talk about his mental and physical fitness, I have to get your take 
on this informant file. And these 17 recordings that we now know of from a foreign national, a Ukrainian foreign national that they have saying that there was a bribery pay-to-play scheme here. House Oversight has been doing their due diligence. We've got millions of dollars going to nine Biden family members, including a grandchild. Ethan, I know you're a reasonable fella. How do you explain that? Yeah, well, the, here's the problem. Um, you have the House Oversight Committee uh, doing their thing again. And I'm sorry, did, did anybody produce that audio file that's alleged to have existed, not from the FBI informant, but from the FBI informant's source who's not been vetted, we don't know anything about. You and I can make any allegation, and if an informant brings it forward, they have to fill out a form. That's what this whole thing is predicated on. We don't have evidence. We have a nominal piece of hearsay without the actual audio files. Ron Johnson just admitted that they don't have Senator Ron Johnson. Ethan, admits with all due respect, we're not file. just talking about the audio files. If it was just somebody yeah. alleging there were audio files, like, I don't know, like they just allege that Trump was a Russian agent with this BS Steele dossier, I would get it. But my God, Ethan, let's be realistic here. You've got millions of dollars going to nine Biden family members, including a grandchild, right? Tell me what they did to secure millions of dollars from foreign entities. Tell me what in your mind that would be for. What did the grandchild do to get a million dollars? I would sure like to know. I don't have that evidence. At this point, we just have hearsay. The only thing that we have evidence of thus far is a non-elected member of the Biden family, Hunter Biden, collecting paychecks from companies like Burisma and, and investments in China, by the way, just like Rudy Giuliani attempted to do in China as well, um, and, and what just wasn't as successful as as Jared and Ivanka were. But the point is, is Hunter is the only one that we actually have stuff on. He's Listen, not a member of the government. Ethan, he doesn't work in the White Ethan, House. Ethan, Ethan, yeah. I know that this has been the argument from the left over and over again. And I understand I that you're saying the investigation. Yeah. House oversight has been working overtime 24-7 to show this paper trail here. But when you've got an FBI and a DOJ that's friendly to the Bidens and to the Clintons and anyone with a D behind their name, you can't just say, well, it's hearsay. This informant file, this whistleblower, this informant, by the way, and this whistleblower all all of these people are highly respected within the FBI. That has been told to us. That has been admitted to us. Then you got Chris Ray, who who didn't turn over the file until he was about to be held in contempt of Congress. There's a lot going on here. I know as an American, you have got to be the least bit curious in wanting this investigation to play out because I don't think that you want Joe Biden making millions of dollars from a foreign entity and that impacting our national security. I highly doubt that's something that you'd be for. Yeah, well, so so you said a number of things there. First off, you and I are in absolute agreement. I don't want any member of our government, whether it's the president, whether it's an assistant secretary, whatever the, that title might be, anybody who works for the United States people, our citizens in our government, if they're involved in any nefarious dealings with foreign entities, potential enemies of our country, absolutely should be investigated and held to account. We absolutely agree on that. The issue is thus far, we have little to nothing on Joe Biden other than a series of allegations. Again, while that FBI informant ha is somebody who has provided information that is useful to the FBI in the past, this story is based from a source of that informants. We haven't seen the source. We haven't talked to the source. We don't have the audio files from the source. In any investigation, that's really important. I can't just rely on what somebody right. else says about 
somebody else. Well, here's the deal. Um, when we get those files and when they, the FBI is forthright, I'm going to have you back and then we're going to discuss yeah. them. But I have to move on now because I have to talk about Joe Biden and we have to talk about Joe and Kamala 2024. God help your party. Let's play a, a couple of clips of Joe here just to refresh our memory. And there's an awful lot of stories that are told, but probably a bunch apocryphal about uh, um, former prime minister uh, like to take baths up there. Anyway. Wandering around at three in the morning. Yeah, Winston Churchill. By the way, I met with uh, who are those guys that fly over shortly? You heard of them, haven't you? And to cheer for Muslim, for, we cheer for Muslim athletes like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I know him and I mispronounce his name. So uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last, where was the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um, I was, I, I mean, yeah, you're right, Ireland. That's where it was. Eight, E-I-G-H percent. He said, you're too much, you're too much like that guy who led the revolution instead of the guy who was the prime minister. I said, who's, he said, you got to be less like the military guy. They shot him. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go lick, lick the world. Let's get it done. Ethan, I saw you laughing during that clip because, I mean, I wish it wasn't funny, but it's funny. And you just have to tell me. I mean, listen, I know that people trip. I know that people fumble their words. I know that people forget things. I know that that happens. That happens to us all. It doesn't matter if you're 30 or you're 85, it happens. So I wanna be honest and I wanna give somebody grace about this. But Ethan, when you look at your president here and you look at his inability to really communicate, his inability to remember key facts, the stories that he just makes up out of thin air, you can't honestly look at that and say, I'm so excited to reelect that 80 something year old man in 2024. Well, if we only look at it from that end, yeah, I think both leading candidates for both parties are too old. I, I don't I don't like that. I don't like that we have your leading candidate is closing in on 80. My my president, our president, he is president of the United States. Your leading candidate was my president as well when he was in office. Um, I don't like that we have people who are really old. I think that they have a different view of the world. Uh, than the rest of us, than the generations younger. Um, however, would I support Joe Biden? Of course. I mean, we're talking about the greatest job creator uh, in American history. We're talking about the lowest unemployment, the lowest black Ethan, unemployment. Ethan, I know, that you, I know that you watched the Sean Hannity interview the other night. Do you and yeah. Gavin share a, a, some, a writer? Do you write for Gavin? Because you're I think saying he watches me the on Fox. Very, I think um, that you guys are saying almost the exact same things because when Sean Hannity asked Gavin Newsom, the same question I just asked you, he quickly pivoted to all the things that Joe has been able to get done. I don't disagree with you. He's been able to ramrod through a lot of things. I don't think that it was by his leadership. But, 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 but hang on. But but he ramrodded through something that President Trump had promised for four years. This is the example that I use because you and I are both from the Midwest. We both lived in rural areas, Tommy. Um, the infrastructure bill of over a trillion dollars was the Democrats, a handful of Republicans, and President Joe Biden. President Trump had promised that for four years and never did it. 
even with Republican Congress. That's what fixes the roads, the bridges, the infrastructure, supplies high-speed internet to rural America. Mm -hmm. So like when I lived in rural America, I couldn't get high-speed internet. I needed to move into a city if I needed, if I was going to work a job that required that. He's invested in that, the majority of Democrats and only a handful of Republicans. That helps Tennessee, that helps California. Sure it that does. Helps infrastructure the- is important. I don't disagree with you. There's a lot of other things in that bill that were not infrastructure, that were COVID and Green New Deal crap. But I, I want to move on because we both agree Joe's too old, right? Um, but you got Kamala too, who is not old, but her approval ratings are even lower than Joe's. And that's not just amongst Republicans, that's amongst Americans. So, you know, if Joe Biden is reelected from the basement in 2024, Kamala could likely be our next president. Are you confident in a President Harris, given what you've seen from her in the last couple of years as her as a vice president in her post? Well, I'm, I'm concerned that you're going to get really mad at me in my response to this. <laughs> Me, which don't is don't lie to uh, me, Ethan. Don't lie to me, Ethan. The passage of time and the Venn diagrams uh, and the school buses. That's about all we've gotten from Kamala. I believe that you can honestly tell uh everyone I, I have never lied to you, Tommy, and I never will. It, it's um I don't believe that Kamala Harris is the Democratic Party's nominee after Joe Biden. I actually believe it's Gavin Newsom. And I know that that will make yeah, you crazy. I agree with you. I, I agree with I you. Really but then how do they get rid of Kamala then? So let's just say that they keep this ticket. You know, I don't think they're going to. Let's see if they keep Joe and Kamala ticket. Joe gets reelected. Uh-huh. God help us. Then something happens to him. Then Kamala is president. You're telling me that they're going to just swap Kamala out for Gavin? Or do you think that Gavin is going to run in 2024? Because I told you last week, a couple weeks ago, I told you that's my theory. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, Gavin runs in 2024 because it will be Joe and Kamala uh, for re-election. But, but after Joe leaves office, it, it's going to be just like the Republican Party does. There will be a primary within the Democratic Party. And Gavin, we're not talking about 2028. I, I want to talk about 2024. Something happens yeah. to Joe. Kamala is your president. You like that? Most Americans don't like that. Most Americans aren't comfortable with missed passage of time. Borders are being the president. <laughs> If if they get reelected and something happens to Joe, of course she becomes my president, your president, our <laughs> yeah, president. I, you're, yeah, we know that that's what's going to happen. I know that you're not going to lie to me, so you don't want to say you're excited about it. So we're just going to move on. We'll just leave Kamala where she is, and time passes as time goes, and the passage of time is lovely, and I love time. That was my Kamala quote for you. But I want to turn, because we only have a little bit of time left, but I want to get to this. Last but not least, we have to turn to the culture war. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to clarify your stance. But your party seems to think that exposing children to this plus irreversible puberty blockers is what tolerance and diversity looks like. So let's take a look at what that looks like. You're such an awesome mom for bringing your kid out to a family-friendly drag show, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so let's get into it here. 
Um, I know you're probably very well aware of our, our, I guess, our former Tennessee law that prevented some of that from happening around children. I know California is very much the opposite. I think that rainbow might be your state religion. So you have to tell me, are you an advocate for adult men dancing for children? Do you think that that kind of thing is acceptable? Well, so so you just phrase it as, do I think it's okay if adult men dance for children? Of, of course, adult men can dance for children. Adult women can dance for children. Like you're that? talking about you're talking about a drag show. As long as it's not sexually suggestive in front of children, and as long as the parents are acknowledging and accepting of that, then of of course they can do that. Now, when it gets into the sexually suggestive sh- stuff that you showed at the beginning there, I didn't see children in that audience. I think it that that's all children, all those audience. It was for all ages. That's the problem. And then some of the clips I played you were actually around toddlers crawling around the floor. I mean, the, I think we can all agree that children shouldn't be exposed to that. But the problem is these drag shows and drag shows by their nature are sexual. Drag queens will tell you that. Sometimes they're not always to that extent. But but football cheerleaders are sexual and that's completely acceptable and it's broadcast every Sunday. Uh, basketball cheerleaders. I mean, this stuff is everywhere, right? We have the Miss America contest, which which President Trump owned at one right. point. I, I, Ethan, I understand you and that's I I get it. I get it. But when you have adult, when you have adult men who are tucking their privates and then dancing for kids in that way, in that sexual way, because all the clips I just played for you were in front of kids. It was highly sexual. I don't think that has a place. And I think that there's something that needs to be done. Nobody wants to stop drag queens from doing their drag thing. I quite frankly don't care what they want to do. A lot of straight people, a lot of Republicans, they go to drag brunches. They don't care. It's just a matter of keeping kids out of it. So I don't know unless you have some kind of a restriction on that. I don't know how you prevent that kind of thing from happening. Well, the restriction is really simple. It's parental involvement. And as long as there's disclosure and the parent agrees that their children can go to the drag show or say, my child's not like any field trip. I like I have kids in school, right? Public school at that, Tommy. Every single field trip that my kids go on, there's a permission slip. No, my kid is not allowed to go. Yes, my kid is allowed to go. Hey, we're going to talk about whatever. There's going to be some show at school today. Are they allowed to go? Are they not allowed to go? As long as the parent has the right to say no, I see no issue with drag shows versus a, a, a talent competition where somebody's dancing in a skimpy outfit any of these types of things, as long as the parent has the right to say no for their child, that's what this comes down to. You and I want to be able to protect our own families, but I'm not here to tell somebody else's family what they can or cannot do. I think okay. that that's wrong. Well, I appreciate that you brought that up because that's the next discussion that needs to be had. We know that California is a state that is a proud gender-affirming state. There's new legislation on the table that a lot of parents are really upset about that would take into consideration in custody battles which parent wants to affirm their child's gender. So you gotta go through this with me. Uh, You have kids, I was a kid once. Do you think that minors, children, should be able to consent to having life eternally altering surgeries or medications at an age before they are legal adults, are you in support of something like that? I think if the child, the parents, all all parties of the parents and the doctor who knows the child better than you and I do. Okay, then I got to push back on that. The the doctor does not know a kid better than their own parents. So I agree. Yeah, so So, that's the problem here. 
So if look, look, I am not a big fan of I'm not a fan. Let me rephrase it. If if there's something for somebody under the age of 18 and there isn't parental consent, I have issues with that. Um, it, it's not OK for a 12 year old to go ahead and have a medical procedure without parental permission. I have an issue with that. I don't believe 12 year olds are ready to make that decision exclusively on their own. I think you have an, a, a, an argument at 16 and 17. Absolutely. At 18, you do whatever you want with your body. Um, but a child without parental permission, I think that we start running into issues. Um, I also wasn't a fan of this idea that a 12-year-old can go get a vaccine without parental permission, for well, example. God, Ethan. <laughs> No, Thank no, no, God. and I'm pro vaccine, but but it's it's parents. Look, I'm responsible for my child legally. I'm responsible for my child, and if you're going to say, but now your child can go do things without your permission, and we can exclude you from that decision making process, yet I'm still legally liable for them, we have a problem. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to end it on a positive note because you and I agreed on something. So I love that we've had a couple of times here that we agreed on things. We agree that. Drag queens shouldn't be uh, sexy dancing in front of kids. We agree without parental, without parental permission. That's child abuse. But uh, we agreed that we shouldn't be having kids cut body parts off or medicating themselves. And last but not least, we agreed that Kamala Harris is awful. <laughs> so I'm glad that we had at least three points of agreement there. And I even gave you that one. I threw you the bone about how Trump could have avoided this. So there. I, I love it. I love our conversation. Thank you for being a good sport, having this discussion with me. I don't think you're a bad person or a bad American. I might think you're off your rocker on a few things, but you probably think the same about me. And I want to have you back as all of this unfolds because we have a lot more to get into. And next time we're talking about Gavin Newsom. Oh, that sounds great, Tommy. Thanks so much for having me on. I always appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon, Ethan. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for watching. Tommy Lahren is fearless tonight. I always appreciate having dialogue and discussion with people who don't agree with me. So if you're a liberal out there and you want to have a debate or discussion, make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also follow my Tommy Lahren is fearless Instagram page. Shoot us a DM. Let's have a conversation. You know, I love to talk and I want to talk to you. But before I go, I got to say it from Nashville. God bless and take care.